What the women wore. On a coat hanger, a bathrobe rests against his bedroom door. He enjoys them nylon or silk, shawl or kimono, open fronted and opposite his bed, so he can imagine the women inside them. This one is blue, tight fitting and lighter than the others. When our mother first stayed with him, it was a pink dressing gown, long and loose, lined with fleece for the winter nights that she donned like it was hers. For their bitter cold breakfasts, the robe was always there until she learnt the name of the wearer, the woman who came before, and it didn't feel right anymore. So she bought the pastel blue, no cotton velour, no cashmere wrap, but a house coat worn in the day too, quilted and cool for any occasion, like the morning he woke and told her it was over. It's blue, said mum, rifling through the box that he left outside. We found no clothes. Her brow furrowed, then a hollow laugh rose from deep within. <laughs> it's with him. What lady paraded our mother around, sipping from the same mug, slipping on the same knitted socks he offered her? Mum recalled how she'd put on the pink, a little bit smug, secretly pleased that she was the one with her hands inside of its pockets. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to another edition of Poetry Non-Stop. I'm Patrick Widdis and we heard a poem from today's guest, Abby Neal. Clothing has a lot of character. It's personal and can hold many stories and secrets. We're going to look at how clothes can be used in poetry, along with some more poems from Abby's debut pamphlet, Red Bear. Here's Abby to tell us more about that opening poem, What for Women Wore. It was actually inspired by a relationship my mum did have with a man who basically one morning she was she was round his and she saw a dressing gown hanging on the on the door on a, on a hanger and she said oh I'm quite cold can I can I quickly just put this on like she was going downstairs to make breakfast or something and he said yeah sure and then um later on they were downstairs and she sort of said oh who whose is this actually and he said it was his ex's and um, she didn't feel too weird about it to begin with. So she carried on wearing it until she bought another one. But the interesting part was when they he left her and he left. It was very cold and sudden the way he broke up with her. And he left all her stuff in a box apart from the dressing gown. And so me and my mum found it really um, fascinating. But we kind of like made up this story. I mean, it, you know, it might not be true at all, but we were like, what if he's left the dressing gown up on a hanger for the next woman who comes along? And um, I thought I would just sort of churn out a story to do with that and, and the idea of possible sexual gratification, sexual ob objectification, the male gaze and, and the way we see women and the clothes they wear. And, you know, a dressing gown is really interesting because it's it's very intimate, you know, you, you usually, you'll, you'll only really wear it around the house and, and sometimes even with not much on underneath it. And, it, you know, it's all a bit, um, I kind of made a story out of something. Yeah. 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 And the uh, dressing gown is, is very effective. Um, did you kind of hit on that perspective right away or did it take a while to kind of find the best way to, to uh, share this uh, story? Yeah, that's a good question. I think... 
I definitely started with the image of the dressing gown hanging up as the poem begins. And I guess that's you. I do normally write my poems kind of like a story. So it was, you know, the verses came together one after the other and it was kind of a free write. But I only I only really interrogated the, the whole idea of clothes and what stories they might tell us afterwards. Has your mother seen the poem? Yeah. So um, she actually <laughs> I actually asked her if I could tell that story <laughs> and she said it was fine she's really open about that stuff but she really likes the the poem and, and it's interesting that the woman in the story you know the mum she's and this is inspired by true life you know the fact that she was a little bit smug about the fact that she was the one in the dressing gown and she, you know this was from the real story that she told me she she sort of felt like oh I'm the one in the dressing gown now and I'm your your prize and I thought that was like the woman isn't wholly innocent in the part she plays in the narrative she Mm. kind of allows that to happen I mean it's a difficult one because obviously she doesn't really know until the end what the dressing gown represents but yeah I liked that the whole the smugness of it yeah and it's uh quite unsettling um especially this man who just seems to go through one woman after the other um i like the line towards the end about um another woman parading your mother around um Mm. how did it feel writing about all that i guess Luckily, not, I don't know if luckily is the word, but it, it did happen uh, many years ago. So it, it didn't feel too close to me. But I think, you know, maybe it was also a kind of way to, to process a relationship from my perspective as well. Because although this man in the, in the poem is definitely a character and not by, by a real person, um, he did end up cheating on my mum. And, he, you know, they, we found loads of... Um, sexually inappropriate emails that he was sending another woman while he was with her so it it almost feels like maybe I wrote this as a a kind of well if you're going to show us this this side of you or we're going to find out that you have this side of you it was a way you know do you know what I mean like I write I write poems as you know it's definitely a cathartic thing and, and a way to process something and to turn something that's actually like you say unsettling into a piece of art and at least then something good has come out of it. Yes, yes. And um, actually making it something that's artistic and that um, resonates with other readers rather than just a cathartic experience can, can be a very difficult thing to achieve. Clothing uh, obviously has a lot of uh, personality and it's very personal to uh, <coughs> people. Do, do you use clothing a lot in uh, poetry? Yeah, so... When I um, thought of this, so I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to the poetry prompt, which was about clothing. And I, I'd never in the past, I thought of the prompt because I was going through my poems and I was thinking they're all quite intensely personal and I wasn't sure what kind of prompt to come up with. And then I noticed that lots of them do include, I don't know whether I was just clinging to, to something, to, to, to an image, but a few of them do include like an item of clothing or, or an accessory. And I think it's usually an image that's um, quite central to the poem and possibly because a lot of this stuff deals with intimate moments and sexual moments as well and and clothes come into that a lot but I would say that I might after having given you the prompt actually Patrick I have been thinking that I might 
try and write more poems starting with the image of a piece of clothing because I do think it could be a good way to be inspired but I, I haven't started that way before but I've just noticed upon reflection that um yeah I, I use them a lot yeah well maybe you should uh, tell us about the uh, prompt yeah sure so um my prompt is think of an item of clothing real or imaginary and develop a poem around that so what does it look smell feel like where is it is it ordinary or remarkable what's possibly been left inside its pockets and what does this tell us about the person it belongs to and you know where can the poem go from here yeah it's a really interesting idea and there's a lot of detail in clothing there's a lot of feelings and experiences associated with it um and uh, i think it can be a great starting point for a poem and a good way into uh maybe uh, writing about uh, experiences that you were struggling with uh, certainly as your poem illustrates yeah yeah exactly it's um i mean i, I Firstly, I don't tend to think much about clothing, so uh, it was a, an interesting challenge for me to go back and think about items of clothing and what they might mean to me, what poems might be in them. And for the poem I ended up writing for this prompt, I uh, ended up going back to my childhood, in fact, and um, a piece of clothing I had then. And so this poem is called Wizard's Cloak. When I was six, my grandmother stitched silver moons and gold stars onto black cloth. I was enveloped in midnight, empowered to read minds and vanish objects in the blink of an eye. By the time I was eight, my legs were protruding from the edge of the cosmos. I could still vanish a coin if you didn't look in my pockets. At 11, the universe was slipping off my shoulders. I picked the wrong cards. My wand was a piece of plastic bound by the rules of physics. I took up the guitar, pursued new wonders in pint glasses and girls' bras. The cloak still hangs in a closet, waiting for a new wizard to claim it. Make its celestial pattern sparkle once more with a magic that's real. Oh, wow, I love that. I love that so much. It's interesting, isn't it? How, how like, you can... It's so unexpected what a piece of clothing can bring up. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I really like... I like the legs protruding from the edge of the cosmos. That's <laughs> my favourite bit. Yeah, so none of it was things I'd really thought of uh, writing about. So uh, it's really kind of uh, unlocked uh, an interesting poem. Uh, so thank you for that prompt. That's okay. It's um, I think clothes hold a lot of memory, and that's where a lot of my poetry I think comes from. Is is um, yeah, real past experiences of growing up. <laughs> yes, yes, and of course the uh, prompt isn't just for me. I hope that. If you're listening to this uh, you'll have a go at uh, writing something as well do you have any advice to offer anyone attempting this prompt I guess think of it as as loosely as you'd like to so you can even 
it doesn't have to be a piece of clothing that you yourself own. So I thought I'd, I'd throw in the the imaginary one as well, because, yeah, I guess I came, I, I started as like a fiction writer and I was always writing stories and stuff growing up. But I, I think poems, even though I write from personal experience, that definitely doesn't have to be the case. And I think also what clothes can do is like, you can judge someone and you can assume something about someone and it doesn't necessarily have to be true. But there are just so many different places that and directions that that um, prompt can go, which I, I, I like. And don't be afraid if it does bring up something personal. You don't have to share, it, of course. But something that I've been thinking a lot about lately is, are my poems too personal or, or something? But I think if that's the poetry you write, I'm starting to accept it about myself now as well, that it does resonate with people. And, and there is, you know, even if everyone, not everyone likes it or, or understands it someone will probably it'll probably end up moving someone no matter how personal or specific it is to you yeah what you write uh, it could be uh similar to what you've heard or something quite different uh, and that's the beauty of these prompts and uh as always i do encourage you to uh share any poems you write which you're comfortable with um and i uh, always enjoy sharing them uh, here on the podcast and uh you can find all the details for prompt and everything else we talk about uh on the uh website poetrynonstop.com but um Let's move on then. The poem we've discussed is in your collection, Threadbare. Yeah, so the whole collection is split into two parts. Um, and I've the lovely poetry business have um, allowed me to illustrate just two pages, the part one and part two page. I didn't want to illustrate every poem because I, I thought I wanted the poems to speak for themselves. But that's just a nice little thing they let me do. And yeah, it, it kind of takes... The reader or what I'm aiming to do is take the reader on a journey and part one is kind of looks at I guess the main themes are sexual violence domestic abuse and so that's like the sort of deeper darker themes um also topics of misogyny and toxic masculinity as well and sort of navigating that as both a, a younger person and as an adult experiencing sex for the first time and then part two I wanted to offer a part two because I didn't want to write a completely depressing pamphlet but the way the reason it's a journey is that part two sort of goes on to explore the healing process that might come after um, an abusive relationship and and the way you can find love and and warmth again in romantic relationships definitely but also realizing that you're not alone in these experiences and also um, learning to to open up and to find yourself again and, and make connections with in, in familial um, relationships as well. And uh, I think it, 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 all, it all sort of was born out of, I think I actually wrote this in 2017, mostly. I would say I finished it well, I properly finished it in 2019, but I wrote a lot of it at uni um, just after I broke up with um, an abusive partner. And even though most of the, I would say the majority of the poems in this pamphlet aren't about that, it was kind of um, in the aftermath, I uh, was looking at these topics more because of the relationship and delving into my past in a way I hadn't before. And yeah, it was, I guess, back to the whole cathartic thing but as you say I, I hope that and I've already had a bit of feedback from from people saying oh I, I've always 
you know, I had this experience before and, and no one had ever really like put it, put words to it like you did in this poem. And that's just amazing that it's, that someone else feels that way. Yes. And um, did you have any difficulty writing about these experiences? I think the difficulty came in sharing. So writing it, it came quite easily because it was just, I had written, funnily enough, I, I always had written like kind of silly poems and nonsensical stuff. I, I grew up being really into like nonsense poetry and Edward Lear and wrote a lot of limericks and things like that. And this was um, around the time when I was at uni, when I was taking poetry maybe more seriously, not that um, silly poems can't also be just as moving. <laughs> but yeah, and I guess probably because of that experience, I was like fueled to write about this stuff. And I, I, I had really supportive teachers as well. So I think that was so integral to my sharing of it. I, maybe I wouldn't have shared it with anyone if I hadn't had those teachers. And so that like having someone else saying, oh, this is really important stuff. Like you, you should, if you're comfortable, you should share this with the world. And um, I guess that was that was really great. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I still struggle sharing it, especially if I'm like at a, a festival or or, you know, I, I tend to try and find the slightly more hopeful ones to read out at like an open mic or something, because I don't want to make anyone sad when they're out um, trying to have a good time. But they're also, I think, maybe some of my stronger poems are the sadder ones. And maybe someone yeah. in the audience would like to hear that stuff. I know that when I uh, attend poetry readings, I actually, I like, you know, it's all about balance, isn't it? You can have someone read a really funny poem and then you can be laughing one minute and crying the next. And yeah, I'm starting to learn that it's okay. Yeah, I've been quite impressed with some poets I've heard that they are able to move between very different uh, types of poem and uh, very dark ones and very uh, entertaining ones as well. Um, are you still writing about this stuff or are you uh, addressing new themes and experiences? Yeah, so I'm only only in the recent months have I started writing poetry again. So for ages I don't know maybe it was because this was such a, a big thing to get out on the page because of the seriousness of the subject matter and then I sort of moved away from poetry not like not uh, sorry not that it was a choice but I just started getting really into fiction writing again and then this year I having moved to Norwich I joined the Young Norfolk Arts Forum and they've been really nurturing and motivating and I met other people there and we've sort of been I've been motivated to to write new poems about about winter and I, I wrote some a series of sonnets about the strangers that came to Norwich back in the 16th century the uh, the refugees from the the Dutch and Flemish refugees so just very oh, wow. completely different stuff yeah but um so that's been really nice to sort of get away from not not get away from this stuff but to to know that I can still write and it doesn't have to be uh, I'm not like pigeonholing myself or yeah getting back to poetry has been really really nice. Yes uh, you, you have uh, several creative outlets uh, you mentioned the uh, illustrations uh, I know you also act um, do these things all uh, spark uh, inspiration off each other? Definitely yeah I mean all of it I feel like 
for me, it all really merges together. And even when I'm performing poetry, sometimes I almost feel like I'm acting in a way and I, I like to address the audience. And although I, st I want to one day be confident enough to go up and read completely off book, I know that you're good at that, Patrick. I'd love to be able to do that. But I think for some reason, acting as someone else, for me, it's a lot more nerve wracking to go up as myself and read a poem about myself, um, which I suppose makes sense. But um, definitely that uh, the performing element of reading poetry helps if you're if you're acting and um, yeah, illustration as well and, and painting. I do them for different reasons, I suppose. So with a with a painting, I, I just I paint in really bright colours and that's usually a lot more like quite sur surface level feeling of just, oh, I want to paint a cheerful picture and that's why I use bright colours because if I'm if I'm hanging up on the wall I want it to be something that makes people feel good but with writing it gets a lot I dig a lot deeper and yeah I mean that's just me at the moment I'm sure it will develop mm. over the years but yeah I think all forms of art definitely inspire me um, to tell they're all about telling stories aren't they in a way yes yes yeah. um yeah well i think we should hear another poem or two have you got uh, something you'd like to share yes so because we were talking about clothes as our prompt and i was thinking about what poems i might read today from the pamphlet and i just picked out a few that where the clothes or the or the accessory or something was uh, included so i thought maybe if i <laughs> basically i thought i'd list some items of some items to you patrick and you can tell me which what which poem you'd like me to read out that's related to that. So, oh. but you can just tell me the, the item. Obviously, I know you read my book, but I'd be surprised if you knew what poem it correlated <laughs> to. Okay, so um, the poem that includes glasses, the poem that's about grandma's clothes, or the shirt with the tag still inside. Hmm. Uh, I'm uh, intrigued by the shirt with the tag still inside. <laughs> Okay, I'll read that one out. <laughs> so this one is called The Bed in B's Room, where he waited for her fever to pass, where he laughed at her threadbare sheets, where he showed her city and colour, where they entwined legs and touched feet, where she let him unzip himself, his hand on her head, barbed nails pressing down, she would not upset him or flounder about, startled and hooked from one eyebrow. She wasn't sure what they both let happen in the threadbare bed in her room, where she felt for her blanket like a seatbelt as she worked up the courage to ask him. It's not my fault, he breathed. You were part of it too. And she knew what that implied. She'd watch him smile and she wore it herself for a while, like a shirt with the tag still inside. Gosh, um, another quite <laughs> uh, unsettling but uh, very effective poem. Um, who's B? So this is an interesting question that I have not yet um, really addressed in, in, in a reading before. But basically, B doesn't, I don't actually have a sister called B. I know that we shouldn't really um, read something and, and equate the poet to the speaker or, or, and stuff. But, um, you know, my family read this book and they were like, who's B? And um, so in order to write about personal things, sometimes I feel like I have to distance myself from 
the poem and even though it may be a confessional I sometimes it's still I might change elements of the world so that I can bear it more I suppose and so when I've I've um when I came to write this book or this collection I I thought of ways in which I could do that and I thought of I do have two sisters in real life so I, I do you know have that sisterly relationship so there's that which has inspired the character of B there's also my experiences as a child who I've sort of shared with the character of B and given to her as well then there's also a sense of making the subject matter more universal because I didn't want it to be like me 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 um this has only happened to me I wanted it to be like you know while I was writing this I started writing it before the me too movement but I still was finishing it when the um the movement gained popularity in 2017 and I think I, I wanted to make it clear that it's it's not so unique like although these are very specific experiences so many um, people but um, women especially have you know have these shared experiences so that was another sort of technique of doing that but yeah it's a bit of a weird one I felt I felt like when I finished it I felt like oh am I like sort of cheating by making up this (laughs) this person but then it's just sort of the way the way it happened if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I think it's uh, interesting uh, you know, the way you're using these techniques. And uh, of course, with art, uh, you can break the rules or make new ones. And if the uh, end result works and uh, it resonates with other people, then um, you know, it's uh, success, really. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, those insights really useful because I think uh, a lot of people have these experiences, could be any kind of experiences, but uh, they're difficult to share either personally or through uh, poetry or other art forms. Yeah, and it, yeah. T- it also afterwards when you go back and you can interrogate it more, it tells you thing, things about yourself and you can really, um, with all kinds of art, after you've created it, you see so much more than while you were you were in it. So even now I'm thinking, oh, B is probably also a manifestation of, of I've had lots of um, different sort of siblings who have come and gone in my life because my mum's had quite a few partners and... Um, Maybe, it, you know, and, so, and a lot of them were younger than me. So I kind of almost did have a younger sister, but not, not any that are blood related. So in that way, there's also that coming to the forefront as well. So it's really, um, yeah, fascinating. Yes. Yeah. So that, uh, it's quite restrained as well. I mean, it doesn't, it's not sensational or over emotional and you leave a lot to the reader to uh, interpret um, or to feel themselves yeah I like to leave a poem quite open and not like you know completely bang the door shut when when you hear the last line it's not it kind of leaves it a bit mysterious yeah yeah well we've heard um a couple of poems from the first half of the book um the second half is very effective as you said um it's uh brighter more optimistic but uh there's there's still a lot lot of pain in those poems so um they uh come across as quite authentic thank you yeah i think it i guess to really get across the, the healing of the second half, you still have to address the 
or I felt as if I still had to address like the past because it was all a you know it was with the new relationship for instance so I'm I'm with my partner now for of uh, maybe over three years now and you know that was a big journey for me to to realize that to kind of learn how to sort of relearn how to what love to accept and how I wasn't treated well in my previous relationship and um, you know people often say that um, you have to get back to yourself and learn how to love yourself again before you enter a new relationship mine was quite quick and luckily I was able to do both and we had a a long distance relationship and that that helped for me to like gain independence again after the last one and I think it's so important that you do you know try again and don't uh I mean after a a toxic relationship is is um to know that not everyone is going to treat you like that yes do you have a, a poem from the second half for you to like to share yeah I can um let me look at it through them now so um, I guess one that kind of illustrates that quite well, what I was just talking about, is um, the first time since the last time. My limbs are long and thin, like the bones in a bat's wing, a polyester membrane spread between them on the bed. I think about covering them. You would not like to see me in the daytime, my naturally skittish, spindly spider body. But when you emerge from your tissue cocoon, your eyes flicker, perceiving an ultraviolet, polarised light that I can't. At first, I wince at the thought of flowers, beautiful, delicate, plucked, washed, ready to devour. He saw me as something to set a light outside and in, so I cut myself above the skin, learnt to strip it all for him. Yet here you are, loving the parts that he never could, touching me gently, almost not touching, like the sensory hairs on a butterfly. That was Abby Neal with another poem from her pamphlet, Red Bear. I hope you found that conversation as inspiring as I did, and we'll try Abby's clothing prompts. As always, I'd love to read and share what you write, so please send your poems in via the website poetrynonstop.com, where you can also find full details of today's podcast. I should also tell you about the new Poetry Nonstop bookstore, which you can find a link to on the website. This is an affiliate store on bookshop.org, a new online retailer that supports independent bookshops. And if you purchase via the Poetry Nonstop store, it will earn me commission to keep the podcast going at no extra cost to you. You can find Abby's book and many others by former guests, so please check it out. I'll be back with more podcasts soon, but until then, thank you for listening and keep writing.